we've actually got two readings. Um, the first one is the first letter from Paul to the Colossians. And if you've got a church Bible, you'll find that on page 1117. It's 1117. And we're going to do verse 10 to 20. So that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God. Being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have supremacy. For God was pleased to have all this fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. <coughs> Second reading is Luke 23. We're doing verses 33 to 43. And that you'll find on page 1001 in the Church Bible, if you've got a Church Bible. When he came to the place called the Skull, they crucified him there, along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. And Jesus said, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, he saved others. Let him save himself if he's God's Messiah, the chosen one. And the soldiers came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was a written notice above him which read, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said. Since you're under the same sentence, we are punished justly for what we're for, for we are getting what our deeds deserve but this man has done nothing wrong then he said Jesus remember me when you come into your kingdom and Jesus had answered him truly I tell you today you will be with me in paradise this is the word of the Lord yes, God. thank you Vince now, I thought there was a lot in that gospel reading, and obviously I missed the memo that we had two readings this morning. I'm assuming, Rob, you got that memo. <laughs> Come and speak to us this morning. Thank you. Morning, everyone. Great to see you all. Um, yeah, 
at the 8.45, we had both readings, and I thought you'd have both here. And um, the Colossians is too good to miss out, and it's a great way of holding this Christ the King theme and really kind of developing it. So I hope that's all right, that we had two. Consider it a double blessing, if you will. So um, I was looking around this theme, Christ the King, and started off with um, a story which I found about Michelle Obama, the former First Lady of America, and she was appearing on a talk show. And um, she was um, talking about how she loved to, when um, um, Barack was in office, that uh, she'd love to hold on to just the normal things in life, uh, like shopping, just the simple things. She just like to be a bit normal sometimes. You can imagine it, really. Uh, but if she was going to go shopping, then she can't just walk into a shop and have a look around. She'd have to go covered up. So you'd get the big headscarf, you'd have big glasses, and obviously there'd be security personnel kind of around the place with earpieces and all that kind of thing. And she, she was on this show and she was talking to them. And, she, and this one time she thought, right, I'm going to go out. I want to do some shopping. And um, so she went to somewhere just very standard Target, I think. I'm not quite sure what a Target shop is, but I think it's a general grocer's. And she's strolling around and uh, doing her thing. And I don't know what she needed. I mean, what do you need to buy as a first lady? And, um, you know, what food have you got to cook for that evening? I don't know. But she's walking around just enjoying a stroll around the shops. And um, and all good, all happy going on. And then she stopped. Excuse me. I won't do an American accent because it would probably sound Welsh. But... um, you know, she, so she's there, and she gets stopped, excuse me, excuse me. And she's like, oh, here we go. Turns around, she's ready, she thinks, okay, they're going to swoop in, I'm going to get put into like a black window car, steam off, you know. And this, so she's kind of ready, ready to at least greet this person or something. Turns around, and this lady's there, and she's with her trolley. She goes, uh, can you just reach me down a tin from that top shelf? You're nice and tall, and I'm very short. And she's like, Of course I can. And so there she is and reaches up and grabs this tin and gives it to this lady and waits and thank you very much. And and then off this lady goes and she's like, fantastic. She can carry on with her shopping. She can walk around, enjoy a bit of me time and she hadn't been spotted. And she's on this talk show laughing about how, you know, this lady probably maybe watched that show and that evening and thought, oh, that was me. And that was the first lady of the United States. And it's a complete case of not recognizing who is in your presence. And I think that's what we get in our reading. So it's a long way of kind of leading into our theme today. But maybe it's got you in the context and thinking a bit. The two readings go so well together because they do look at this Christ the King. And what do people understand by the person who was in front of them? But when you start thinking about that theme, you think about the spectrum of emotions and perceptions that are held towards Jesus, from myth to Messiah, despised to divine, scourged to saviour 2,000 years ago and still today. We look at our Luke reading and you think, well, how could they have got it so wrong? We think about today, well, what are the triggers today? which force people away from Jesus. We think about the existence of militant atheism 
we see Jesus not just rejected, but he continues to be mocked and sneered at and hated. And so it wasn't just that he was shunned. Being ignored would be one thing, but he was despised. He was rejected. He had to flee, uh, had to flee stonings at times. He was rejected by some of the greatest religious minds around. We can only imagine what hurt that must have been. And here in our gospel reading, we step into Jesus' mistreatment at its worst. As people who love the Lord, it's hard to hear. So it should be. The mocking, the sneering, the insulting. It's a reading that even as you read it, the expressions just take care of themselves. You know exactly how those words would have been spoken. But also as we reflect, what about the great strength in submission we see here? Self-sacrifice. For Jesus to humble himself, open himself to vulnerability when, was it more, when it was more than within him to shake off those chains and burst out of what bound him. We think of the words of the servant king. Come see his hands and his feet, the scars that speak of sacrifice, hands that flung stars into space, so cruel nails surrendered. This is our God, the servant king. And as all this goes on, the cruelty and the comments, well, Jesus actually... He transcends the situation. On one hand, you've got the jeering and the mocking and the goading. But then with Jesus, if you filter his words from the rest, what do you find? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And later, truly I tell you, today you'll be with me in paradise. One man sees it amongst all the haters. Who knows how he got to this point? Does he really know completely that Jesus is the Messiah? When did his knowledge or experience of Jesus begin? Is it just desperation coming out in him? Or is there something more? What's his backstory? Whatever it is, isn't it amazing that salvation comes in the midst of Jesus' darkest hour? Not even the great pain of the cross can stop Jesus from drawing people to God. The theme today is Christ the King. Well, what kind of King? And so we hold all of this in tension with our second reading from Colossians. And there we find the complete opposite, of course. We're led to scale great heights as we invited to glorify Jesus through the words and reflections of Paul. Paul gives him so many accolades, reinforcing Jesus' divinity, his role in the Godhead, his presence even from creation, all fullness dwelling in him. As I was rooting around the uh, themes and the, the readings, I found a piece that said, that many believe that uh, Paul is using a poem here or a hymn, an ancient poem or hymn, which early Christians sang, where they sang in worship and in doing so they recalled all they believed about Jesus. That could well be true. And when you read it, well, it 
kind of makes sense. There will always be debates in lecture halls and the like about the divinity of Jesus. But our reading today reminds us of the key point in the argument. Right from the beginning, Jesus was preached as being one with the Father. The fullness of God dwelling in him. Paul seems to know what he thinks about the matter. So the theme today, Christ the King, well, what kind of king is this? It's almost an overwhelming assortment of attributes, titles, accolades and achievements. You could sit with just one of them for days. Nothing less than the image of the invisible God. If we see Jesus, we see God. That alone is amazing. He's a God who isn't distant, but in Christ has fully revealed himself. He is the firstborn among the dead. Because of him, we know death is not the end. That too is great news. The Easter news. Hope for every one of us. He has reconciled all things to himself through his costly yet freely given death on the cross. Jesus has done it all. He's already won. Today, I think the readings should just lead us to wonder, lead us to silence, lead us to praise. This is the Jesus that we meet today, who intercedes for us, who understands our pain, who carried the fullness of God, who was there from the beginning, who is the firstborn among the dead, and who did it all for us. So let's read these words. Like we've said, there is so much there. Let's reflect, just sit with them. Allow their truth to permeate you. Hold them in the quietness. This is our God. Let's finish with a, a moment's silence, actually, and then we'll pray. Lord, you are Christ the King. We thank you for all that you are. We thank you, Lord, for all that you did in your life on earth. Thank you, Lord, that even as we reflect on the last hours, as you were crucified, still, Lord, your glory shines through. Lord, thank you for the words of Paul who leads us in so many ways to remember who you are and to glorify in who you are. Help us, Lord, to learn more about you. Reveal to us more and more of who you are. Thank you, Lord, that even with these great words, these uh, amazing characteristics, titles you were there from the beginning 
one with the Father. Yet you are still also the one who meets us today, who knows us by name, who knows every hair on our heads, and who has a good plan for us. Lord, you are Christ the King. We worship you.